Hello, this is Troy Baker, and you are listening to The Geek Generation. I am your host, Rob Logan, and today's episode is my interview with Arthur Parsons. Arthur's been involved with so many LEGO games, including Star Wars, Batman, Indiana Jones, Harry Potter, Marvel superheroes, LEGO City, and he's the game director on the upcoming LEGO Batman 3 Beyond Gotham, which comes out this November 11th. We talked about what got Arthur started in the gaming industry. Of course, we talked about LEGO Batman 3. And we took a bunch of questions from fans on Twitter and threw them Arthur's way to see what he could and could not answer. And make sure you pay attention to the very end of the interview, because as we wrap it up, Arthur gives us an exclusive character reveal for LEGO Batman 3. Before we get to the interview, I'd just like to ask people that to help out the Geek Generation, if you are a shopper on Amazon, you can go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. When you do so, anything you purchase will provide a little bit of kickback our way. So if you are a regular Amazon shopper, please go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon to do your online shopping. Thinking about pre-ordering Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham? You can do that on Amazon as well. And if you go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon to do so, you will help us out in the process, and we appreciate that. So without further ado... Here is my chat with Arthur Parsons. There's a bunch of things I want to talk to you about, and I know we have very limited time, so I'll jump right in. Uh, first of all, I was curious how you got started in video games in general, just in your personal life, before you decided to make it a career. Oh, crazy. Um, uh, personally, when growing up, uh, I actually went to a boarding school. It's very English. Um, so I went to a boarding school from the age of eight. Um, so that being the case, there was plenty of um, opportunity to play video games. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot of us would sort of, you know, hang around a spectrum, and then obviously we kind of graduated up to uh, an Amiga. So many a fond memory of playing speedball on an Amiga and like snapping competition pro joysticks and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And my very first computer of my own was actually a Vic Twenty, um, which. I remember playing Tomb of Druin endlessly. I absolutely <laughs> loved that. I suppose it was probably my very, very first RPG. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, you know, I've, I've always had a, a very, very fond love of video games, um, but I never actually chose to make a career of it until I went to university and did completely the wrong thing. Um, I went to study building engineering, learning about concrete and tensile strengths of oh, windows. Wow. and Yeah, incredibly tedious. Uh, and then just decided, you know what, I, I don't want to do this, um, and went and, and I actually started out as a tester at Cygnosis, working on Destruction Derby and Wipeout, some of the old classics, and a couple of years there, um, I found myself coming to TT, and I've been here for 16 years, so wow. really enjoyed it. I'm curious if your uh, prior degree in engineering had any 
it gave you any assistance moving forward working with the Lego brand? <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah, I shouldn't really admit to it, but I'm actually terrible at building stuff without <laughs> instructions. Um, thankfully, we have uh, a team of about six guys here in the office. That they're all sort of Lego master builders, and um, they build all the stuff. Uh, I'm really not very good. I, I make sort of like the equivalent of what a six-year-old would make, very brightly colored, <laughs> irregularly shaped towers that fall apart. So when you're going for engineering, what during that time kind of pushed you in the direction of working in the video game industry? Uh, you know what? It, it was just one of those chance things. I opened a paper, um, the Liverpool Echo, and um, just saw an advert. You know, they, they were like, oh, you know, want to get into games? You know, Signosis are looking for video game testers. I was like, well, why not? Let's give it a shot. So I uh, went for an interview. I was the only guy that turned up in a suit, and I felt <laughs> like a prize bunker. Um, didn't really realize what testing would be and uh, got offered the job and, and got cracking pretty much the next week. And uh, all the fun of, of testing, it's hard work testing, but it's a great grounding in the industry. You know, back when I was at uni, there weren't video game degrees. You couldn't study game design or right, right. You know, anything like that. Um, Whereas now, kids are really lucky. You know, they can go and study game design for three years or video game production or development or whatever. So they're really, really lucky. But I guess QA was effectively my, my video game degree because you learn so much and, uh, you know, and worked on some really fun stuff back then. But, um, yeah, it was great. I was always out of the office as well. They always used to, I was the guy that would always be the first to volunteer to you know, fly out to Seattle to do two weeks' worth of on-site testing. Or I remember one time they needed, um, obviously this was like pre-decent internet, and they needed uh, submission disks flown out to San Francisco. And effectively what you had to do was take an envelope on a plane to San Francisco, yeah. get a taxi to Sony, deliver the disks, and then come home. And it was like I was always the guy that was like, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, whatever it is, I'll do it. Wow, that's um, an extreme errand boy. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, but but it was great because I got to you know, I got to sort of see the world. I got to go to like my first couple of like E3s, and and it was at an E3 where I actually got off got my job off for a TT. Oh wow! So it kind of all worked out really. Wow. Now, uh, doing being a game tester, that's something that pretty much every kid I think dreams of, just because they feel like they're going to be playing video games all the time. What is the downside of that? <laughs> you said it's not as glamorous as it seems. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting and playing video games for fun is great. Yeah. Because at any point you can turn off, you can have a break. You're playing it for fun and enjoyment. You could obviously you love it. Whereas being a tester, it, it's it's kind of monotonous. It's it's like you know drips of water on your head because you have to run around the same walls checking for collision. You mm -hmm. have to play the same puzzle, trying to break it in different ways, switching to different characters, mashing the buttons when there's like some kind of transition or. You know, sometimes even playing two controllers at once to try and break various things and oh, such wow. hard work. Um, you know, I remember we had to do, believe it or not, back on, uh, I think it was F197, we had to do full-length uh, championships um, with full damage on. And you make one slight mistake in like a 70-lap race and that's it, the car's you know, you know, absolutely KO'd, and you'd have to start again. And and you know, we we you, just, you know, we were working for hours, and we'd be on shifts, and we'd hand over, and 
you know, doing like 16-player local area network oh, wow. testing full range systems. Yeah, so it, it, it's the kind of monotony, but at the same time, it can be really good fun. Sure. Um, and it's you know it's still a viable route into the industry. Um, a couple of the guys on my design team have actually come from our own TT Games QA, and then you know they've applied when we've looked to take people on, and they sort of like got through the you know the application process. So it's still a viable way into the industry, you know, even now. When you have that kind of a background, does that like always keep itself in the back of your brain? Like when you're playing your own games, can you separate yourself from the QA or is it just you, you're still looking for all those bugs and all those glitches and things? I, I think it actually really helps. Um, you know, as a, as a game director, I've got, I hold the, the, like the vision for the wider scope of the game. But as well as that, you know, I play every bit of, of every game I work on and it kind of helps you you're almost doing stuff subliminally. You know, it's like, you know, well, hold on, the camera should be focusing on the exit. The exit should have lights to call it out so a kid knows where to go. And, you know, the the, the puzzle needs to direct the player and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, it's bizarre. You know, I can pick the game up pretty much any time mm-hmm. um, during development. And, and it'll be like, yeah, okay, so this demo is ready to go to, you know, a trade show. And it'll be like, well, hold on this is broke or that's broke or, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a one screen glitch or, you know, there's a flicker or, so it, 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 it's really a great grounding. And, you know, some of our, some of our best sort of like producers and designers here are guys that, that have that kind of background. It's stuff you can't teach really. You have to kind of experience it really. I promise never to make those mistakes again. Yeah. The uh, Lego branded games too have a very, very signature brand of humor, and I'm curious how that kind of developed. Was that developed in studio, or were you working with outside writers, or how did that all come about? Uh, it, it's all down to the, the talented guys in the office, the guys and girls here. Um, you know, there's some of us that, that have worked on, you know, back from the very early days of, of the LEGO games. But there's a lot of stuff that we did pre-LEGO game and, and, and injected into our games that, you know, it's kind of, we've always made great family games, and now it's kind of, we're obviously more known for the Lego games, but it's because the team itself is full of people that are so enthusiastic about the brand we work on. Um, so, you know, the Lego Batman, everybody is, is kind of offering their creative input. You know, they're not just like battery hens just going through the motions. Everyone has a valid input. Everyone has, you know, um, sort of like something to help to, to offer and something to help make the game great. It's, the humor is really down to, to the people here. Um, you know, we know where we sort of position our games and, you know, we want kids to really enjoy them and, and have fun, but we also want fanboys to love them. Um, right, right. So that, that, that's where the humor really comes from. When the decision was made to start adding in the voice that started with Lego Batman 2, did you see that as a huge benefit or did it take away from the challenge, do you feel, of trying to do something without relying on dialogue well bizarrely um like you say it, it first came about in lego batman 2 opinion was actually divided you know when we knew that we were going to go to voices mm-hmm. opinion was split right down the middle across the whole studio as as to whether it would work or not because we had done so many games you know without dialogue and um yeah we would you know we were we were Really, sort of, some of us more so than others, and I was on the on the side of the well. If it ain't broke, 
but you know, kudos to to my boss John, because um, yeah. he was like, no, no, this is going to work. And and when we saw the very first sort of test scenes with dialogue, it was like, yeah, that's brilliant. You know, what, how have we ever coped before? Right. Um, and I go back, I go back and play games. You know, I I spent three years um, working on the two Lego Harry Potter games, which was an amazing time. Yeah. But I went back and played on the other day. I was looking, I was trying to um, remember how we'd done something. And I was watching a cutscene thinking, you know what, if I'd never seen the Harry Potter movie, I would have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, because I've had that sort of time away from it. Sure. You, you can sort of be, be more objective and look back and go, yeah, you know, as a Harry Potter fan, I know exactly what's going on. But, you know, as a layman that was a Lego fan, that, that wasn't maybe a Harry Potter fan. Yeah, yeah. The voices just—they—they—they they, they solve a million and one issues. Mm-hmm. But the humour hasn't changed. You know, we still do all the slapstick, all the stuff in the background. Right, right. All the other stuff that made you know the the, the first few Lego games great, and then it just adds another dimension. You know, it gives us the opportunity to put some like crazy gags and jokes and you know some brilliant VO actors in there. So. Um, it, it really did move the series forward. Are you excited to see the brand kind of branch out in the other directions? Like we had the Lego movie. They recently just had the uh, Lego Batman special on Cartoon Network. And do you have any input in the direction that those things move? Well, as a, as a company, we do, yeah. Um, yeah my boss, uh, John Burton, who founded TC, he was an executive producer on Lego movie. Um, so, you know, yeah, he, he obviously has more involvement than the rest of us, but... We're always excited to see stuff because, you know, we're all superly, you know, pumped about anything that's, that's Lego related. And the Lego movie, I think I went to the cinema three times to watch it yeah. um, <laughs> with my daughter Lily. Um, and I've watched it on Blu-ray three or four times since. And I absolutely love it. I, I, again, it was one of those. When I saw the animation style, I was like, that looks like a YouTube video. Yeah. Weird. Is that going to stand for uh, you know, 85, 90 minutes? And then when I watched it, it was like that was brilliant. That was that was like way up there with you know the best Pixar movies for for an animated movie. And yeah, I really liked it. Um, the same with um, there was the the uh, they did some uh, superhero shorts for Marvel last year, some animated shorts, and they were great as well. Um, I haven't actually seen the new Batman one, so I'm really excited to, to see that um, because obviously we've got some um, characters that cross over into our game, some of the actual uh, uh, versions of the, the characters. So, yeah, I'll be really excited to, to look at that. Uh, I, of course, specifically want to talk to you about LEGO Batman 3, and I think that's what a lot of our listeners are very curious about with the release date coming up November yeah. 11th, right around the corner. This is a huge game character-wise for you guys, 150-plus characters. How do you even begin to start going about whittling down the DC Universe to what you're going to use? Uh, it's... You know what? It's an absolutely thankless task. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we, you know, you start with like, who are all the key characters we want? You know, who are the, who, who are the, the guys that are going to be in the story? And then we, so we get those and then we go through, right. Who are the, like, who are the, 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 the top 25 heroes and villains that everybody adores? So then you go through those lists and then you go through, right what are the most obscure characters that people may not have even heard of? Mm-hmm. And then, so we go and try and find some really crazy obscure characters. And, and, it, and that, it, it's more a case of we create a list of, of like seriously big numbers and then we just have to chisel away at it. You know, we have to look at 
you know, exactly how much time it takes to do these. I don't think a lot of people realize, um, say something like, um, even something like Superman. So in the game, Superman at any time, you hold Y and it'll transform into uh, Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. And then you hold Y again and it'll transform. And yes, the telephone box drops down and you transform into Superman. You go in and out (laughs) of the the telephone box. That's great. Um, But just Superman, with all of his anims and his transforms, it takes, you know, you're looking at a couple of weeks. And then when you get to like a character like uh, the big figure New 52 Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. That's a lot of work to get just one character, and so yeah, we, we we really have to spend our budget like so carefully to make sure that you know the 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 characters that are really vital get the most attention, um, and that we just you know we go right up until the very very last like week cramming in characters. You know, we added the two or three characters we added right at the last minute, mm-hmm. purely and simply because. Yeah, we knew that there was the demand for them. Sure. There was, you know, people loved contacting us with ideas and suggestions. And, you know, we're kind of like part driven by a desire to to please everybody. Um, (laughs) You know, the advent of social media is, you know, for me, it's it's so eye-opening. Just hearing directly from people, like, what what they love about what we do. And, and it's great, and it's great to be able to, you know, reveal characters, and and you know, people are like, yes, I asked for that one, and you know, you know, kudos to me, and it's like, right. you know, you, you don't want to sometimes say, well, I, you know, he was already on the list, he was right. my, one of my favourites, <laughs> but, um, but it's great that that they can influence us because at the end of the day, they can influence us, um, because we really want to make sure that that people that support us in our games, you know, stay in love with our games. Are there characters that you wanted to include that when it came down to it, they just didn't lend themselves to the gameplay mechanics and you couldn't make it work in? Well, yeah, there is, you know, there's one character that, that I really wanted to put in the game and, and I couldn't, and that's Constantine. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, I, I, I've, you know, I've been quite open about the reasoning. It's, you know, even some of the, the really what I would consider to be adult characters in Lego Batman 3, they all have like uh, a kid-friendly version. You know, mm-hmm. they, they'll have appeared in the animated series or they'll have appeared in, you know, like uh, Teen Titans or you know, whatever it might be. No matter how serious that character is, there has been a version somewhere that's kid-friendly. Sure. And it just, there just is no one version of uh, Constantine that's kid-friendly. And, um <laughs> But, but for me and and you know some of the other guys that make those decisions, we just felt it, it it wasn't it wasn't right, and and as such, yeah, he didn't make the cut. And hopefully, people will understand that you know we we do make these decisions for good reason because you know there will be people that play this video game and they'll find a character that they they're not necessarily aware of, and um, they'll go out and research them, and and you know if if there's like a you know, a young kid that goes out and researches a character, then when they go out and look for, say, Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. well, hopefully they'll find a friendly version of Swamp Thing, and, you know, there is stuff they can read and stuff they can watch, and, and it's great. And, you know, the worst thing in the world would be someone researching Constantine and then finding <laughs> out, you know, that, that he's really not a nice guy. <laughs> right, right, right. 
Uh, this time around, too, there's a lot of uh, real human characters and personalities that you guys brought into Lego Batman 3. You've got Jeff Johns in there, Jim Lee, Kevin Smith, Conan O'Brien. How was the decision made to go outside of the comic books and bring in those real-life personalities? Um, I think it probably came about with, with us just having kind of some fun in the office. And, um, you know, we really wanted to get Adam West in, yeah. obviously, you know, the, the 60s Batman, also the Grey Ghost. Um, and we really wanted him to be the, the, the Imperil character. So we knew that we wanted to do that. And, and then obviously Adam was delighted to do it. And then we just started thinking, well, you know what? We, we need a fourth wall breaking character. We need someone to have a bit of a joke with the player mm-hmm. um, to kind of add to the immersion. And, and we looked and it was like, well, the, the obvious choice is Kevin Smith. Sure, sure. Because, you know, he is so comic book centric that. He would absolutely love it, and then we also knew that he, you know, loves our games. So, yeah, that that was a no-brainer. And then, you know, it it's just I, I had this sort of like weird, like thing where I kind of wanted someone to present the stuff that the player's seeing in like the level and be like, you know, this is the Watchtower, this is the Watchtower computer, this is um, the character customizer, you know, this is where you can go to the VR missions, and and we were thinking like, well is there a DC character that could do that? And it's like, well, not really, because it, it wouldn't really make sense for Alfred to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the idea of Conan just came up. Because <laughs> um, it was, you know, I've, I, I, I've kind of watched quite a lot of his stuff, and I think it's you know really funny. And I just thought that that kind of humor would just work. Um, and thankfully it did. So, yeah, these things are just... Um, it's kind of us in the office having fun with 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 everyone, and um, I, you know when people play it, uh, I really hope that they'll appreciate it. We put Jim and Jeff in because you know we we thought that it was only right. You know the the superhero game that we made last year, we 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 put a couple of the sort of like comic related people in, and so this year we thought you know you can't make you know the ultimate sort of superhero move, uh, game for 2014 for the whole DC universe and not put, you know, Jeff Johns and Jim Lee in there. Sure, sure. So, um, so we, so we, we put them in and there's a couple of other cameos that people won't even notice. Um, that are sort of like, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of just people that work hard on the game. So a couple of the civilians are actually based on, on real life people. Um, but we think it adds, you know, having sat and played the finished version, I think it really adds to the character. And you kind of have to, I guess, put Green Luton into that same category. Sure, sure. Um, because he talks to the player uh, and kind of breaks that fourth wall and, you know, says just really sarcastic jokes. Um, yeah, that works as well on, on numerous levels. And we were really lucky that we managed to get Joe Oleski to do the voice um, right. for, for Green Luton. So, it, yeah, it all adds up to the finished package. I guess if you take any one individual, it's like, well, that seems a bit weird. But when you put it into the whole context of the game, it really works. You know? And um, it's something we're all really proud of. Is uh, is Conan O'Brien going to be a playable character or just serve more as a guide through the game? No, he's just a guide for the game. He's okay. not actually playable. All right. Was there a uh, temptation to create an Arthur Parsons character in the game? Because you are becoming more popular as you uh, venture out in the con scene and whatnot. I think people know who you are at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, a few people have asked me that. Um, and, and the answer is no. Uh, it's just, 
I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm well known for having having an ego, but I would much rather people got to play all the characters that we put in there. I don't think anyone would ever want to run around playing as me. Um, <laughs> you know, I've got no superpowers. You know, but at the same time, I know that there are pieces in the character customizer that can actually build and make a pretty good likeness of me. Oh, uh, but so. that's unintentional. So. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, the customizer, you can make quite a lot of cool stuff. Um, but, no, it, it's, you know, like you say, I, I was out at New York, and it was great to interact with people. And it was great that people knew who I was. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of, it was really rewarding, I found, um, being able to talk to people, and I really enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah, I think I'll refrain from being playable. <laughs> uh, we only have a few minutes left, so I want to hit a couple of these fan questions. I was okay. overwhelmed with the amount that came out through Twitter yesterday. So, um, <laughs> those guys are great. I tell you, they're oh, so, awesome. so passionate about the game. Uh, I'm not going to ask about all the specific characters people were asking about because you'll release as you choose to release. But uh, one of the things I did see is that Europe's getting a Batman of the Future pack uh, with the Batman Beyond characters, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Will North America also be getting that pack, if you pardon the pun, in the future? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's um, uh, that's a a Sony Europe um, uh, launch exclusive. So um, anyone in Europe... Uh, that gets it the game on PS3 or PS4 will get that pack. But once that exclusivity window uh, expires, which I think is December, then that pack will be available for anyone else to purchase. Fantastic. Uh, one of the questions that came in from a bunch of people, they were very curious to know if and when a demo will be released. Well, that's the thing. You know, we are we are working really hard on pretty much everything. Sure. Um, you know, the game's, the game's going to be out on the 11th. You know, that's done and dusted. But obviously, with having DLC in the game, we we need to obviously... Usually, it's a case of feet up, have a bit of a break, you know, have a bit of downtime. But with doing the DLC, we're, we're having to get all of that stuff done and we're getting the demo done. So we're working as hard as we can to get the demo out, you know, as soon as we can. And hopefully, it'll be out before launch. Awesome. All indications are that that's the case. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, we're doing absolutely everything we can. Uh, another fan was asking if we're going to see any of the white or black lanterns in the game because we're seeing pretty much the rest of the color spectrum as well. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I've, I've seen this request. And uh, it's one of those things where there are a number of things that we've not revealed yet. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not they're in there remains to be seen. Okay. Um, but, but I think the one thing that everyone needs to realize is that uh, there's a there's a there's a number of characters in the game. There are there is going to be a point where there are going to be some characters that didn't necessarily make the cut. Right. And it's not a case of like we've we've purposefully chosen to do that, or you know we've purposefully chosen to omit a character just to upset someone. The characters are there for you know we we we've done what we've considered best. But what people also have to realise. There's DLC we've not yet announced. Right, right, right. There are a number of things that are yet to be revealed, and there's also some DLC that's yet to be revealed. So, you know, I'm kind of hoping that we we keep everybody happy. Uh, And someone else asked, too, about the about the character creator specifically and wondering if there were any upgrades made to that system. They said, specifically, will you be able to make a character that has super speed or really be able to choose which powers you want for your custom character? 
Yeah, so um, as far as I'm aware, you can. The, what you can do is you can assign powers via the different components you add to your character. Mm-hmm. So if you were to take Flash's uh, mask and put it onto your creative character, I believe Flash's mask is what gives super speed. Okay. Um, so the idea is, yeah, you make your character, but depending on the component parts, so I think it's the I think it's the the hats and helmets that um, that give the powers. I'd have to double check, but you can you can assign powers that way. So yeah, hopefully everyone will really enjoy making their own crazy creations. Uh, someone else had asked too if there was a level creator similar to some prior games. Unfortunately, not. Yeah, this was uh, I think way back in uh, Lego Indiana Jones two, Lego Harry Potter one. We had a level builder. Mm-hmm. No, there there, there isn't. Um, Unfortunately, it's one of those things that we tried at the time, and you know people didn't really sort of buy into it so much. So um, we'd rather focus all our efforts on making sure that the story, the open world, the character roster, the free play content, and all of that is as amazing as it can be, um, and not try not dilute that down by by wasting time on other stuff. Uh, and as we wrap up, I had kind of bugged you a little bit on Twitter yesterday to see if you could get us an exclusive character reveal. Any chance of getting that? Yeah, so, and like, bizarrely, like, I made a mistake the other day with, um, with, with uh, a character, and thankfully there was only one or two people that spotted it um, oh. when we were doing a, a demo in London. So, um, we will reveal live with you that Ambush Bug is indeed in the game. Oh. In the main game. And he's playable. And... He's just, yeah. I, I had to do a lot of reference for Ambush Bug. That guy's crazy, <laughs> like properly, you know, clinically crazy. So yes, we can make sure that, that everybody now knows that Ambush Bug is in the game. And to the two people that tweeted me, having somehow freeze framed a live video presentation and zoomed in and recognizing, kudos to you guys. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, our fans are the best, and they do not miss anything. So I have to make sure I have to make sure I get you a screenshot because um, we'll send you over a cool screenshot so everyone can see Ambush Bug in all in all his glory. He is another one on the roster, so that's it's one chocker block roster, that's for sure. And uh, you know, when people also get the DLC and everything else, they are there's so many characters in this game. Oh yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever done a, a game with as many characters. There there's just so many. And some of them, like even some that, that you wouldn't think are great to play, like they revealed Dexter last night. So mm-hmm. he's the uh like the evil Red Lantern cat and oh my word, is he fun to play. The animators put the ring on his tail like it should be and <laughs> his animes are like superb. Um you know, so there's some of these characters, you know, uh, have really gone above and beyond what, what I would ever imagine what they would be. Um, and I'm still seeing stuff that, that, believe it or not, I didn't know was in there. Some of the finishing moves, because the finishing moves always go in right at the last minute for some characters. Sure, sure. Um, and I'm still seeing finishing moves that, that, that I didn't know existed, which is amazing. There's so much stuff. Awesome. Well, there's certainly a rabid fan base out there for Lego Batman and all the other Lego games. I am one of them myself. Uh, and I'm highly looking forward to Lego Batman 3 coming out on November 11th. Get your pre-orders in now. It's going to be an amazing game. It looks amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Arthur. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks again to Arthur for joining us, and do not forget to pick up your copy of Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham this November 11th. To see everything else that we do, including the screenshot of Ambush Bug, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration. Follow us at geekgeneration on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more stuff for you. Later. Make it so.